from Beyond the Beltway, this is Bruce Dumont with our weekly analysis of national politics with occasional injections of rumor and innuendo, all offered up by a panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, public servants, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight, featuring commentary by Philip Beverly from the University of Illinois, Mike Miller, economist from DePaul University, and Republican attorney Judith Sherwin from Chicago, our program coming to you from our home base at uh, AM 560 WYND in beautiful Elk Grove Village, Illinois. Our phone lines open at 1-800-723-8289. That's 1-800-723-8289. And uh, again, we've got lots of things to talk about. The president's obviously visit uh, to the Middle East and that famous uh, fist bump heard around the world. But I want to begin with a story that's really breaking really in America right now, and that is the Texas House... Uh, this afternoon came out with their report on the shooting in Vivaldi and the actions of the police department there. Uh, they have relieved uh, a recommendation, relieved the acting uh, head of police at the school uh, as one, uh, one result of this report. But what the report said, uh, they said a lot. There's been a press conference going on throughout the day. Uh, they said, quote, when they're talking about the actions of the police, they failed to prioritize saving the lives of innocent victims over their own safety. That's what the report said about the actions of the law enforcement officers. And again, uh, the local newspaper down there, the uh, 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 statesman, uh, Austin Statesman, uh, and the local television station, they had released uh, some video footage of the actions inside the school by the police department. And uh, you clearly see uh, the police department backing away after that first shot was heard uh, from the assailant in this particular case. And a lot of people who uh, support law enforcement all over the country uh, perhaps were a little bit chagrined or really upset about that. Certainly uh, the parents of the victims are very upset at the actions of the police department in that, uh, in that area. And we should also mention that uh, uh, there were federal and there were state authorities that were also involved in there. Most of the focus of this attention has been on the actions of the local police department. So I want to get just a reaction from all of our guests. It isn't the main topic this evening. Judith Sherwin joins me in studio. Mike Miller joins us uh, from Bellingham, Washington. And Phil Beverly joins us from Burlington, uh, Vermont. So we're, we're taking uh, the pulse all over the country this evening. But I want to be, I'm going to begin with you, uh, Phil. Uh, what's your reaction to what you saw? Obviously, it's too early to maybe have read the entire report. But uh, how badly did law enforcement act? And uh, would you, had you been a law enforcement officer, would you have been uh, going after uh, the, uh, the assailant worried about your own life? Uh, or would you have been more heroic, as some people suggest that uh, the police department there should have been? I, I think that the, the major failing here, Bruce, is actually in, in leadership. And I think that trickles down to there wasn't the leadership that uh, would have informed the law enforcement officers at the lower level to go in and do what was necessary. I mean, the, the FBI has been training this way and training law enforcement um, agencies all over the country since after Columbine that you don't wait, you go in and you engage the shooter. 
it's it's an immediate thing. And so something failed, and I don't think it's the training because everybody's had the training. Something failed in leadership that they didn't have that that messaging to go in and do what was right. And and I think that they really need to take a look at at leadership all the way up through those those agencies that were involved. Okay. Judith Sherwin joins me in studio here. Uh, Judith, your response. Well, I I was listening to uh, the report on the way here, and um, I would agree that there was a massive failure of leadership. But there, it was not just the Uvalde Police Department. I mean, there were federal agencies there. There were state agencies there. Um, I mean, don't these classrooms have windows? It, it just, I don't understand why they didn't do more to try to engage the shooter why nobody engaged the shooter at all they were standing around in the hallway using hand sanitizer i mean it one officer one officer well okay but but you know they they were in the building they never even tried to get in the classroom this business about going for a key is bizarre so it the whole thing is is um it's astounding to the rest of us watching this I mean, you always hope that when you're presented with a situation like that, you are going to act with courage. These people did not. Mike Miller, uh, your reaction from Bellingham, Washington. Yeah, I think uh, Phil said it so very well. I'm not an expert in in law enforcement. And um, I did read the thing that Phil, I think, focused upon, which I think is very important, is after Columbine, it became clear that you can't stand by and let this happen. That if anything else, I mean, the person who would be shooting will be shooting at you instead of at the students or the people who would be the, uh, the, the victims here. And that would give them a chance maybe to either escape or to hide better or something like that. And so I think the fact that, that they did have the training, they should have known better. I don't know how I would respond, but I guess if I'm one who would be in law enforcement, I would always know that the chance could happen, that I'm going to have to be in a very... A precarious situation where my life be, might be at stake. And if I'm not willing to handle that, then I don't think I should be a, a police officer at all. I mean, Philip, you were in the military, right? You knew that. There was always the chance that something could go wrong. And and so you that's part of the gig. And so I'm, a, I'm disappointed. Um, of course, though, if I could just add one more little piece. It does happen in a town I've never heard of before, Uvalde, Texas. Phil, had you ever heard of Uvalde, Texas before never that? And so who knows if it was some little town, like I'm right next to a town called Linden, Washington. What would the Linden police do? I, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't want to be too judgmental, but there surely was a, but, a, a failure in leadership. But here. I think what's happening is around the country, I think there is a feeling of, of, of judgment that's going on. And, and I would like to hear if we have anyone who's in law enforcement uh, watching or listening to the program this evening, I would love to hear from your perspective, because I think many in the general public are thinking, as we have articulated tonight, is that these police officers, uh, they cowered. They didn't, they didn't do the heroic thing. Now, they want to come back and, and to their families at night. Uh, I'm, yeah. I would hope that I would have done the right thing, especially if I'm part of a group to to sort of storm the, the the shooter in this particular case, but I I can't I can't say that I would do it unless I'm, you know, even if I was trained for it, I don't know whether I could do it. I should do it, but I'd like to get sense. I'd like to know how deep this 
this feeling and this second guessing of of the police force in Vivaldi. I'd like to know how, how widespread it is. Judith? Yeah, I mean, in other situations, uh, I believe in the Sandy Hook situation, the police went in, confronted the shooter, and they killed him, all right? And he probably could have done more damage than he mm-hmm. did. Um, for some reason, this police force, with all their guns and all their stuff and all their bulletproof press and whatever training they had, just couldn't get it together to do that. And I, I agree with what everybody else has said. This is a massive failure of leadership and understanding what the role yep. should have been. We've got a pause. 1-800-723-8029. If you'd like to weigh in on that, if not, we'll be back with other topics. Jill, why didn't you tell the class what you did this weekend? Well, my dad and I went in search of some magical minnows and found a zillion of them in the stream from our lookout rock. Then my sister and I escaped from an evil slug king and went back to my super twig fort for safety. Then we told stories till it got dark and the Big Dipper led us all the way home. Where were you, Jill? We went to the forest. It's not that far away. Ask your parents to take you and your friends to the forest this week. It's closer than you think. Check out discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, We'll probably stay together. Probably? (laughs) It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, You should wait 30 minutes. Mm, Okay, tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner, Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy, Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. 
Bruce Dumont back on Beyond the Beltway. Thanks very much. We just saw, for those watching on television and YouTube, we saw beautiful Mount Baker uh, in Washington. And Mike Miller, that's not uh, too far from where you live. And thank you very much for uh, sending in that uh, beauty shot of your neighborhood. How far, how far is Mount Baker from where you live? Uh, it's uh, five miles, but what you okay. see is what I see each more each day that it's clear. It's so it's oh, ten thousand seven hundred feet tall, and uh, covered with snow pretty much the uh, year round. And well, next uh, quite time we gorgeous. Have you on, next time we have you on, we're going to make that your background, like you're reporting yeah. from, the, from the base of Mount Baker. But again, <laughs> by the way, I've mentioned this before. Uh, if you would like to send us pictures. Uh, from your hometown, some beautiful pictures. More and more people are starting to do that. Send it to Bruce Dumont1944 at gmail.com. Please uh, make a note of obviously who you are, but also make a note of the picture. Uh, give us a little description of the picture as well. Uh, we continue with our discussion and, and now back to basically the, the, the prime, some of the prime topics that we wanted to to uh, talk about this evening. And Mike Miller, I want to begin with you as we did last month when you were on. Give us uh, your update on the on the on all the major economic uh, stories that, that, that popped this week, your reaction to some of these uh, new reports, and uh, are things getting better or are they getting worse for the American people? You know, uh, I've been at this uh, over 40 years, and I've never seen data quite like what we have right now. We have a situation where we have the lowest unemployment, the strongest labor market pretty much ever, which is a very, very impressive. At the same time, we have a decline in gross domestic product. But here's what the other part is. You know, GDP can be measured either from the, the expenditure side, people spending, or from the income side. And for the first time, the income is showing an increase in the economy and the expenditures are showing a decrease. And if you look at uh, manufacturing, you see that in industrial production mm -hmm. has slowed. But when you look at it across the board, all re companies are reporting that they're still expanding. They're still growing. So I, I, I've never seen an economy that seems to be that to have such conflicting information that you could have a, a declining gross domestic product with the strongest labor market on record. Um, the, the interest rates are rising, and there's no doubt that the economy is going to slow because of it. But here's one thing. I, I, I follow what the Fed says, does, and they're not forecasting a recession. And, and it's not because they're rosy scenario. It's, they have some very good economists who are doing very decent uh, uh, forecasts. But I also follow a local uh, bank economist uh, in the Chicago region. I don't want to give his name, but... And he is not forecasting a recession. He says the underlying labor market is strong enough that we're going to somehow get through this crazy period and survive with a without a recession. Now, I, I of course, I, I'm not going to pull a Bill Maher and say, well, I'm going to hope for a recession so that our guys get in, that Republicans get you know elected in, in November. I would never do something so horrible. But uh, I can say that that the economy is showing some definite stress. There is some really some problems within the economy, while at the same time, we have an economy unlike any other when it comes to the labor market. Phil Beverly, so, a question to Phil Beverly. Phil Beverly, you're, you're our card-carrying Democrat this evening. Has the Biden administration done a, a good job, a bad job, or an adequate job in explaining sort of the uniqueness of this economic situation we're in, as, as Mike 
Miller has just described? I think the job is is sort of inadequate um, because I think what they're relying on is, is sort of rationality. And I think the people that are being most impacted by the by the inflation rates and 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 where the economy is sort of skewing negatively aren't thinking about it rationally they're looking at bottom line issues like my groceries cost x percent more than they did this time last year gas cost more than x percent this time last year and so being rational about why we might or might not go into a recession i don't think is going to resonate with them and I, I think that's sometimes the problem with, with my party is that we don't speak sometimes in a, in a way that connects with people in, in where they're at, if that makes sense. And I, I did have a question for Mike. It, so you haven't seen this in like 40 years of, of looking at um, economic indicators and performance no. and that. It, is this really pretty much attributable to that once in a century thing like a global pandemic it it certainly could be and and, and you know the, one of the big debates of course recently has been who caused the inflation and uh, the republicans want to say it was joe biden and all of his spending which by the way he made it so much harder by having all of this spending where he borrowed the money but ultimately when it comes down to inflation, inflation is is the purview of the Federal Reserve. And the Federal Reserve, since it wanted to keep interest rates low, Jeff, uh, uh, Joe Biden pushed them into a corner. The only way to keep interest rates low was for the Fed to buy all of that that debt, and which means we printed money to finance the debt. Mm -hmm. And that is what's, in some sense, the engine of all the inflation we're seeing. So Joe Biden was partly responsible, but it's ultimately on the backs of the Fed for allowing this to occur and not getting ahead of the inflation. They did not think it was going to be this bad. Lawrence Summers, a, you know, a Democrat, a, a brilliant, by the way, a brilliant economist, a bit of a jerk as a person, but a brilliant economist, he told them, he said, guys, you can't be spending this kind of money and borrowing this kind of money without having inflation. Now, I'll tell you that one thing that's kind of upsetting is that Lawrence Summers believes we're not going to get out of this period uh, without having um, unemployment approach 6% plus. And that would be a really bad you know, situation if that were the case. Judith Sherwin's uh, been waiting to jump into this. Yes, Judith? thank you. Um, you know, all this talk about the economy and the economists and everybody's theories, uh, you've got 9.1% inflation. Um, as Phil pointed out, you have people going to the gas pump. The prices are a little bit down now, but they are, you know, at least 100% more than they were this time last year in most places. Food is more. Getting on an airplane is more. Everything that anybody wants, going to the movies is more. And at the same time, people's wages are stagnant or they are down. That amounts to something like a, I heard, uh, I was reading the other day, something like a 15% tax, tax increase on people, okay? Their money is going much less far than it went before. So all this talk about whether there's going to be an inflation or the Fed, I agree. You know, you can't you can't be printing all this money and expect everything is going to turn out all right. Uh, and you can't have Janet Yellen sitting there saying, gee, I made a mistake. Yeah, you made a big mistake. And people 
regular people who I hope are going to go to the polls and ask for some different policies are suffering for it right now, and what we need to do something about it. What policies are they going to ask for? What, what, what is the Republican alternative, policy-wise, to what's going on right now? Well, first of all, I think, you know, this, this fixation on the Green New Deal is going to stop. This, this uh, business about the energy situation is going to stop. Uh, or it's gonna, we're going to try to bring a, a, a halt to it. I mean, we're not going to have the presidency, right? Please, we, you know, we hope the Republican Party hopes they're going to have the House. And, and they also hope they're going to have the Senate that should be able to put some break on the president, who, of course, announced today that since he can't get Joe Manchin to go along with him, he's going to start writing executive orders. I don't know what executive orders that would be. He doesn't really have the power to make the build back better, whatever it is, yeah. by himself. Mike Miller, what's your answer to the question about what, yeah. what is it oh. that the Republicans could be saying? What can the Republicans doing? do? Yeah. I, I, let me answer one thing about um, uh, what uh, Judy said. Wages are rising. They're just not rising fast enough to deal with this very, very high uh, inflation. So in real terms, wages are falling, even though people do have more dollars to take home, they won't go as far. But the key to this is, and I've seen this both on the, by the way, on the Democratic side of Democratic economists as opposed to Republican economists, uh, a lot of people are arguing what we need is a supply push. In other words, you can, inflation is too many dollars chasing too few goods. One thing is to get rid of the too many dollars. The other is to produce more goods. And so anything that Joe Biden could do with Congress to try to stimulate the production of more energy, more goods to move the ports faster and, and, and transport things more quickly to get the supply side growing more quickly would it by, just by its very nature, reduce the pressures of inflation over time. But you're also, and, and, you've also got the price of oil, which influences just about everything. That's, that is and, correct, and and which has become, along with other down. commodities, right. you look at, Go ahead, you look at commodities, um, copper is one, for example, that's, that's very telling. When copper's price goes down, the economy's in trouble. Copper's price is down. Mm-hmm. The price of commodities across the board are down. That's why a lot of economists on both sides of the of the aisle who have, uh, you know, politics affect their decision making uh, are arguing that inflation, we believe, has peaked. It's still going to stay higher than it should be. And the Fed's still going to have to fight it. And interest rates are still going to go up. But I'm hoping that the the worst is behind us uh, and that the uh, that we will see this this continual drop slow drop in inflation without necessarily falling into recession it would be the first time by the way we've never gotten out of this situation before it's called a soft landing where you take an overheated economy you raise interest rates and you get the economy to slow without a recession what the fed has never pulled that off under these conditions Uh, they pulled it off under uh, less inflation but not under this much inflation i'm hoping that the fed can do it this time when we come back i want to bring phil beverly into the conversation again and ask for his reaction the first reaction uh, to the president's trip to the middle east and the famous fist bump seen around the world how upset is he with that fist bump i'm bruce dumont thanks for joining us tonight Goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? 
No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? Or... For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. 145 over 92. 180 over 111. 182 over 100. And I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest and then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand, including myself, I didn't, now I do, uh, the impact of having a stroke. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it, or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm uh, coming back. Ask your doctor. Check your blood pressure. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us. But our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. back and uh, again for those uh, watching us uh, this evening uh, uh, Lake Champagne Lake Champlain right in uh, Vermont uh, Phil Beverly sent that in addition to the uh, beautiful shot that he, he is using uh, behind him this evening how far is that from uh, where you live Phil your, your uh, visit we should mention your visit about five minutes five minutes away that be- can we show that picture one more time that beautiful picture Lake Champlain, Vermont. Boy, oh boy. And you're going to be in Vermont for uh, for a while? You're sort of summer vacationing there at the moment? Um, sort of back and forth to Chicago as we sort of get settled here. Okay. Next time you're on, I want to know how they elect a Republican governor in that state. 
a very a very liberal Republican, but again, uh, he is a Republican. Uh, he's a Republican. Um, Phil, I said I'm going to go to you first. Uh, what grade would you give the president on his recent trip to uh, the Middle East and uh, Saudi Arabia? Yeah. I guess there's there's no permanent friends, only permanent interests. Mm-hmm. And I, I I don't I don't this is politically, this is not obviously personally. Right. I don't like the Saudis. I don't like dealing with the Saudis, really don't like dealing with MBS. Um, and we have to because the bigger threat in that region of the world is Iran. And we have to work with the Saudis to deal with Iran not getting nuclear weapons and delivery systems that would destabilize that region in a way that that is intolerable to that region and the world so that he you know i think he just held his nose and did what he had to do i i gotta give my hats off to him because i don't know that i would be able to smile and fist bump the guy i i just don't know judith sherwin you're uh the the news media is reporting that that everybody's upset about the fist bump. Who are the people that are upset about the fist bump? I you know honestly I I don't know. It looked kind of stupid. Neither do I. Okay, it it it, was, it just didn't look dignified. You know, I mean, this is the president of the United States meeting with the Saudi prince. You know, the crown. I mean, you just don't do that. It's, it's just not Why the way. Because it's not dignified. It's not befitting his office. It's not befitting who he's but with. But we need their oil. Absolutely, but fist bumping isn't going to do it. The way you you get their oil and the way you get their attention, for those of us who've been in the Middle East, you have to show some strength to these people or they're not interested in dealing with you. They don't take your phone calls, which they were not doing with him earlier this year. So, I but mean, the fist about, bump no, is, a, is an example of, I mean, it's ridiculous. That's all. But I looked at it and would I kind of went, okay. would, a, would a handshake be different? Yes, a handshake would be different. Would a bow be different? Bow, he shouldn't bow. You don't bow. We don't bow. Okay. okay. Obama bowed. We don't bow. Okay. Okay. Mike Miller, uh, what about the brouhaha over the fist bump? How important uh, was it and I, what signal does it have? I, I didn't get it. I, I didn't see what the issue was. Um I do think a handshake is more formal and more gentlemanly and so forth, but I didn't get to, you know, two guys, they meet each other, they fist bump. Why not? I, 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 I'm not sure I understand exactly why there's such a a discussion about it. I'm more concerned uh, two things, which I wish we could have gotten out of there. Some kind of, since we have decided to squander our own um, uh, self-reliance upon oil, then what we should have done is try to ask for more oil. And according to their their foreign minister or whatever, he said, or their oil minister, uh, Biden never asked for oil. He never asked them to pump more. And the second thing is I wish that he would have brought up the Abraham Accords and said, I'd like to see more uh, direct statement that you support the existence of Israel. And, and, and it is a bulwark against but Iran. Airfare, I think Phil the, is spot on as to, the, the, to, in terms of Bahrain and the UAE and, and Saudi and, and so forth, you've got to have this, this uh, united front against Iran becoming a world power. But they do have, but, just, but Mike, they, do, they, they did have the announcement 
uh, that air travel between Israel and Saudi Arabia was was open uh, to Muslims. Yep, which I think that's that great. I just think that's you know it, it become more uh, more prominent. Uh, I I just like to see that normalizing the, the talking about Israel as though it's any other country. I think that would be a a, a heck of a breakthrough for that part of the world. But it would also, I think, again, Phil's point about uh, focusing upon Iran. There's got to be somebody who stands up against Iran. Phil, is this more are, are are Democrats more upset with Joe Biden on this than Republicans? That's the way I'm, I'm sort of I think getting. What it. they're upset in the the upset is around the Jamal Khashoggi issue, and yeah. it, is that being being pushed publicly? I mean, if he brings it up publicly, it creates embarrassment for the crown prince, right? If they work the back channel and and bring it up that way, that that's probably a better way to maintain relationships there. Um, but I, I think Democrats wanted to see something about, and I don't know what the something is, I don't, but wanted to see something about, you need to be strong on human rights. and. I, I think that's a that's a heavy lift for for any president in that area of the world. Uh, and and I would say any president uh, ever. I mean, you know, we sometimes expect that you know when a president goes to meet with you know uh, North Korea or whoever, uh, we're supposed to stand up, wave the, the the flag of of human rights, and not worry about whether or not. We're going to insult another former a former leader or national leader, who, in the case of North Korea, uh, could be planning to, to nuke South Korea. I mean, we 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 as a nation have got to swallow hard. And in this particular case, I mean, th- there are many people in the country that seem to be more concerned about some sort of uh, justice out of the Kasogi Kasogi a murder, and it was a murder. They're more concerned about that than whether or not we can make a deal on oil and have our oil prices go down. Well, the average American, I think, is more concerned about the latter, not the former. Well, and I think, I think, you know, if the Democrats are upset with him because he didn't come in and, and wave the human rights flag, I mean, he didn't get any oil either. All right. So, as it, far as we know now, as far that as we could know, come later. There's been a hint. Well, there's been a hint that they were going to release more oil in 2027. It's not going to help us <laughs> right now, right? And and so, so I think that. Uh, and and the other thing about this business with the airspace, uh, you know, the the one their foreign minister came out and said this doesn't mean anything. We're letting them go across the airspace, and it's no indication that we're going to do anything else. But I do think that what has happened in the Middle East, and it's something that the last administration was able to exploit is Iran has frightened everybody to death, and including the Saudi prince. And, and so I think we have to learn how to use that card to our benefit. Okay, But Biden went there, and except for the fist bump, I'm not exactly sure what he got out of this trip. He didn't make the Democrats very happy, and he hasn't done anything about the oil either. So here we are, N- not to mention that under our feet in this country, we have more oil than the Saudis have, and for some reason, their oil is better than our oil in terms of, of climate change. I mean, it's, it's irrational. It makes Why no is sense. It, Mike Miller, to you, 
why is that not um, a apparently a, a more viable political issue for Republicans than it appears to be right now? I mean, are they waiting? Is that going to come out in the, in the midterms? I'm just saying is that I mean, I mean, you're right. I mean, on day one, he kills the pipeline. Yes, you know, he we're, did. We're, we're, we're in need of oil, and we're going halfway around the world to beg for oil. To We've got des- it. To a despot when we have it. But my question to you is, Mike Miller, I mean, the president is saying that the oil companies, which have the right to drill in certain areas, not as much as they perhaps would like to, he is, he is saying the oil company the oil companies are gouging the American people. And they no. should take no. fewer part of it. No. no. No, they've used that before. And for some reason, oil companies don't gouge all the time. They only wait until periods like this. I mean, that they, the price gouging thing is a silly, uh, a silly argument. Not to mention uh, the gas I mean, he station went after owners. Fracking from the very first day. I mean, the uh, gas fracking. station owners are supposed to be gouging the public. These are the smallest of the small business people with the, the narrowest of profit margins. That's, yes, that's obnoxious to say that. We were we were energy self-sufficient. We have more natural gas. We have something like 250 years of natural gas, even assuming an increase in use. Natural gas is, if you're going to use fossil fuel at all, it's probably one of the most uh, the cleanest of the uh, of the fossil fuels. And I think that that the Republicans are correct that and they're reading that these high prices for energy are exactly what Mr. Biden and the Democrats want. Absolutely. They want us to move away from fossil fuels into alternatives and they want us to drive uh, very expensive electric vehicles that, that some want and some don't want. And, Let's and I, I think get, that's I what they need Phil. to play up in the midterms Let, I because wanna, I, I think we've Phil. gone, we've squandered Phil, let's get, having let's energy get. efficient, energy efficiency, energy under our control. Okay. Right. Phil, I tried to interrupt. Mike was, he was on a roll. He was, he was getting extra money for his words. When we come back, I'm going to let you respond, and you'll present the case as to uh, why the Democrats really don't want all, this, uh, elect- all these electric cars, okay? You'll be up from beautiful Vermont, one of the most beautiful states in the United States if you've never been there. Try it out. I'm Bruce Dumont, back shortly from Chicago. Also not so bad. Today, millions of people all across America are building a life in recovery from addiction and mental illness, helping themselves and helping each other with friends, family and community lending their strength and support. Join the Voices for Recovery. Together, we are stronger. For 24-hour free and confidential information and treatment referral for mental and substance use disorders, for you or someone you know, call 1-800-662-HELP. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike's sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike's sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. 
No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Bruce Dumont back. Uh, we do have a note here from... Uh, uh, Ron Babcock, who is a regular uh, viewer and listener of this program, and he writes, a police officer is not expected to lay down his life for $47,000 a year. A police officer has a very dangerous job and sometimes dies in the line of duty because of things he can't foresee or control. But generally, a police officer is supposed to find a way to enforce the laws without killing himself. In, ad the, in addition, the police have to do their job in a way that does not endanger the lives of others. In many places, they can't engage in high-speed chases in, healthy, in heavily populated areas. Moreover, they have to know where every bullet will end up. So that's Ron Babcock's uh, response to our opening conversation this evening, and that is uh, for those that are second-guessing uh, the actions of the Vivaldi, Texas, uh, police officers, again, uh, uh, there was a report that came out today. It will be on all the newscasts this evening about a uh, House, Texas House investigation, which comes down very hard on the Vivaldi Police Department and uh, suggesting that they cared more about yeah. uh, their own personal safety than they did about saving and preserving uh, innocent lives. Um, I'm going to come back to you, uh, Phil Beverly. Uh, I asked the question uh, before the break, so uh, you're up, you're on. You remember so the question? Remember the question? I, I hope we're, we're not in a in a space where we're debating whether climate change is happening because it is, and we're contributing to it. 
the the thing about the the whole electric car thing is the irony is cars don't contribute that much to the the greenhouse gas effect that we're we're seeing with climate change it's it's sort of the the least of the contributors and yet we're spending a lot of time and electric cars aren't going to be necessarily um green they could be clean but they may not be green if, if that makes sense mm -hmm. um and it makes perfect sense right i i think that that we we're going to have to deal with climate change and we're going to have to do something about fossil fuels and i i just got to say i and i hate to say it i'm thinking like down the road um for our country like maybe two or three generations from now mm -hmm. um when i'm not even here we're still going to need petroleum not to burn in engines or whatever but we're still going to need to use it to, to make plastics for example it's going to be necessary i'd rather burn somebody else's right now and burn mine at the end of the game do you how that, do you how do you me. respond how do you respond to those many of whom are republicans who basically say the president made a huge mistake when he cut uh, the the keystone pipeline and that he has really He's uh, he, he's put a, a handcuffs on the American oil company from digging and making and coming up with more oil at a time when we're becoming more reliant on foreign oil. This after several years when we were less reliant on them during the Trump administration, if not totally reliant. Some would argue that we were totally reliant. There's some question about the totality of that. But again, uh, was that wise? Does, does that not send a signal, again, to the average American who may not be an environmentalist, that this doesn't make any sense? If we're not maximizing the, the facilities and the resources of the United States for Americans, what's wrong? Why would we not be doing that? And what, what is the Democrat answer to that? Well, we, we've got two things happening, and, and one of them is, we're going to have to address climate change. We're, we're going to have to do that. And if we're saying that the EPA doesn't have the authority to do that, then the president's going to use whatever's in the, the toolkit to get that done. And if it's shutting down a pipeline and sending a signal to oil companies that you're going to have to make some other investments in energy, you're going to need to stop being oil companies and start being energy companies which is a, a, a huge transition I get from a business perspective. You have to stick to your sort of core function and, and all that. And I think it's going to require some transformation of those companies. Judas, Judas, I'm going to ask you, and then we're going to Mike. What is your, what is your, what is the conservative Republican position on climate change? Do you believe it or not? I, you know, I don't want to get into a debate on climate change, and I'm not going to do no, it. Well, what's your opinion? My opinion is that we've been hearing about climate change for the last 50 years. We're not even supposed to be here now. Uh, New York is supposed to be underwater. Miami is supposed to be underwater. And it hasn't happened. So is, is there is something that we are doing to the environment that could be dangerous for us? I'm sure there is. But a return to the Stone Age is not exactly what we need. Um, using firewood to heat your house, which many people are going to have to resort to this coming winter in Germany, is not exactly something that we really want to do, all right? So the question of what to do, there's, if, if, if oil 
if using oil in this country to run your car is not good uh, using American oil, why is it okay to use Saudi oil? Why is it okay to use Venezuelan oil? It's not, okay? And their oil isn't even as refined or as clean as our oil is and made up to our standards to protect the environment. So that makes zero sense. And and this this business with, with I, I'd just like to finish this about the electric cars. Yeah, the electric cars are not going to save humanity. But when Pete Buttigieg gets on the radio or wherever he was and says with that smirk that he walks around with that it's a wonderful thing that the price of oil is so high because it's encouraging people who can't afford to put gas in their car to go out and spend $50,000 on a new car that's an electric car. That is lunacy. Okay. When did he say that? I can't believe When did he say it? He said it uh, two days ago. I can with send, a smirk. I'd love to see it. With a smirk. With a smirk on his face. Absolutely. It's, Mike it's Miller. We want obnoxious. To, Mike, I've got 30 seconds for you right now. Give me the short version of uh, whether you believe climate change or not. Just 30 seconds. I believe that the, uh, is climate changing? Yes, I believe that the climate is changing. Do I think that humans have added to it? Yes, I think that's the case. But I'm not in any way convinced that it's linear, and therefore I think we're not talking about the end of the world. We just have to make some adjustments, as we've always done in the past. Okay. And making those adjustments would be the key. Okay, Mike Miller, uh, Phil Beverly, and Judith Sherwin, uh, they're all coming back for hour number two. Phone lines open, 1-800-723-8029. This is Beyond the Beltway. I'm Bruce Dumont. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. Goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine, vinegar, and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zinc and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above.
Why does Comcast Business power more businesses than any other provider? It has technology solutions that put you ahead, like the fastest reliable network and serious savings. Whether your small business is starting or growing, you need Comcast Business. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Ask about Comcast Business Internet and Security Edge, or find out how to get a $500 prepaid card with a qualifying gig bundle. Call or go online today to learn more. Prepaid card offer ends 8-28-22. Restrictions apply. Call for details. What if the music stopped? If the familiar voices were silenced? If there were no breaking news updates? What if your companion and connection to your community came with a monthly fee? Don't worry. We're free local radio with you wherever you go. Celebrating 100 years and looking forward to the next 100. We are broadcasters. Text radio to 52886 and let Congress know you depend on your local TV and radio stations. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. back. Uh, we continue with hour number two of Beyond the Beltway. Wherever you're listening from coast to coast, nice to have you with us. Uh, Phil Beverly joins us. He joins us. Uh, he is with the University of Illinois, but he's on a uh, summer vacation, I guess sabbatical, uh, in beautiful Burlington, Vermont. And uh, on the other side of the country, we have Mike Miller. He is an economist for DePaul University. He's out in beautiful Bellingham, Washington. He joins us. Judith Sherwin, she is from Rogers Park, Illinois. <laughs> and she sits right across from me every uh, Sunday night. And also, we'll, we're going to have a picture coming up of, uh, a, you'll, we'll talk about it when we see it. But okay. you, you have sent me a beautiful view. It isn't of Rogers Park. But again, this is when uh, when we're asking people to send us uh, beautiful pictures of where they listen to this program. We've already received a couple this evening. And uh, uh, we'll see either sneak them into the program this evening or as our series continues into its uh, 43rd year. Um a question for everyone. There are rumors that are persisting that Donald Trump is going to announce his intention for presidency, which most people think is going to be positive that he will run. And he's going to do this before the midterms. And there are some people that are thinking that by doing that, he is going to become a, a central point of the uh, of the election. And in doing so, he is going to take the eye off the ball of Joe Biden, the economy and gas prices and everything else that the Republicans think are, are the magic bullets that will get him uh, to have a bad day on, on the, the congressionals. So my question to you is, I'm going to start with you, Mike Miller. Uh, is Donald Trump at this moment, is his candidacy, and I want to focus just on his candidacy right now. Is his candidacy now too premature? Mike? I'm sorry, uh, Bruce, you uh, you went blank there for uh, about a minute and a half. For a, oh, for a minute and a half. Ella and I could see each other, but we, we, we couldn't hear you at all. I'm okay, sorry. Okay, my, my question to you is, is, is Donald Trump uh, announcing for president, announcing for president, yeah. uh, is it a hindrance to the Republican efforts to win uh, the uh, the midterms? In my estimation, it is a hindrance. You know that I did not support him the first time through. Mm -hmm. I did support him the second time through. He's a thin-skinned blowhard, but I really like his policies. He did a lot of good when it comes to what he actually did as president. But I would like to see him move to the side of the stage and let somebody else take center stage. Uh, 
uh, Ron DeSantis or somebody, uh, I think it would be better for the Republican Party if that were to occur. But I'm pretty sure that if he announces, he will get a lot of support, and it's going to be a very interesting election coming okay. up in uh, 2024. Phil Beverly, to you, uh, how badly uh, will Donald Trump upstage uh, Republican congressional candidates that are seeking to get elected this November? It's going to be difficult for um, for some of those candidates in some of those districts, even with the gerrymandering that's happened from the, the 2020 census. Um, the, I, I've heard from Republican strategists that they're they're worried more worried about the fall midterms because of uh, Roe v. Wade, and now this just gives another log on the fire to to get certain kinds of voters who may not be sort of your your midterm election voters out to the polls. And that's the thing that, you know, it, it's going to be up to, to Democratic, you know, field efforts to, to activate those voters. Uh, Judy, why would you why would you do that? Judy Sherwin, I want to get your reaction. Yeah, I, I You're mean, a Trump supporter. I am. Definitely. You're a big Trump supporter. I'm a Trump supporter. OK, I, okay. I do. I do believe with a couple at least one thing that Mike said about the fact that he is thin-skinned. Um, but um, I, I am a Trump supporter. But, I, you know, there's a lot of speculation about when he's going to announce. I would be surprised if he announced before the midterms. Um, he's supposed to do it maybe the next couple of weeks. I, but, you know, he's always supposed to do something. People make up all kinds of stuff about what he's supposed to do. Uh, and he doesn't do a lot of it. So I don't know whether he will or he won't. I think that he's a major factor. He's always going to be a major factor. Whether he's announced he's... Everybody, he, I think everybody assumes he's running for president. Right. For him to say, oh, by the way, I'm ready for president, I don't think it's going to make any difference at all. I really don't. And And, I mean... If you watch the rallies, if you watch his speeches, there's no question he's running for president. Everybody knows that who pays any attention to this stuff is at all. Is he good for the Republican Party now? In other words, does, is he good based on everything that you know uh, and, and a lot of stuff that you don't know or don't right. care to know? Right. I mean, you've not watched any of the hearings. Not at so all. Well, not, I've watched highlights okay. or lowlights. But, but, you're, but you're not interested... You're you're not going to be persuaded by anything that comes out of that hearing about you, that could cause doubt that you will support Donald Trump again. I haven't heard anything, and I've I've read some of the stuff. I haven't heard anything that would make me remove my support from Donald. Trump, okay, however, um, I think that he. Do I think he's good for the Republican Party? Yes, I do, because he has reshaped the Republican Party. It is not, you know, your grandfather's Republican Party. Mm -hmm. It's not your father's Republican Party. This is a party of working people now. This is a party of people who aren't interested in what... Is it, is it, listen to this, and then I want to get Phil involved. Sure. Is it, however, a majoritarian party? I agree with you that this is a lot more blue-collar appeal than the party has ever had. And you may be getting more African Americans, and certainly there's indication that you're getting a lot more Hispanics. That's correct. But as you as you reach out and as you you, you change the, the the 
the complexion, no pun intended, the political complexion of the, 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 the party, are you not losing a lot of suburban, Republican, women, corporate, country club, college-educated white folks who are turned off by him and turned off by, they are listening or watching the hearings, not a lot of people are watching, but they're reading about it and it, it, it will reinforce a negative position they have and will he lose more republic will he will he lose more republicans than gain independents and democrats i don't think so i really don't think Phil so phil beverly what's your answer to that question yeah i think that uh there may not be people watching the hearings especially hearings that are on during the day when people are at work um but I, I, I think that there's some messages that are being communicated and he's gonna have to, his campaign, not him personally, but his campaign's gonna have to answer some questions. You know, once you announce, it, the, the, the common sense way to do it is you wait and you time it so that you have the, the most advantage in your announcement, right? Um, that he would go prior to the midterms, you'd sort of have to ask why, since that hadn't ever right. been done before. Well, he and might. If the answer that, that becomes the popular answer is to avoid prosecution from the Department of Justice. Okay. That's going to be a little difficult to manage. When we, no. come, when we come back, I want to get Judith's uh, response and Mike's response to that. 1 800 723 8029. Should Donald Trump announce for president early, soon? Yes or no? Uh, goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? Or... For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. 145 over 92. 180 over 111. 182 over 100. And I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest and then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand, including myself, I didn't, now I do, uh, the impact of having a stroke. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it, or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm coming back. Ask your doctor. Check your blood pressure. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. 
It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org. Back, we are looking at Carmel, California. Uh, Mark Byrne, Mark uh, Bain, rather B A Y N E. Mark Bain is uh, sent this picture, and he is uh, watching us and listening to us on KLBJ Radio uh, out of uh, beautiful uh, Austin, Texas. But Carmel, California, one of the most beautiful. I was in the National Guard basic training in Carmel, California, Fort Ord many years ago. And it is, uh, if you've ever made the, uh, the drive from, from Northern California to Southern California along the wonderful one, you'll see Carmel, California. Let's go back to calls. Let's go to, um, let's uh, hang on a minute. Uh, Fritz is telling me to wait one second. Uh, we're going to go to John in McHenry County, Illinois. John, are you there? Yes, I am. Good evening, all. Okay. Hey, I think President Trump will announce early, and I, I think, think so. I can explain why. I know it's unprecedented, but let's look at President Biden. He turns 80 in late November, and he looks it and then some. His wife is giving speeches saying, you know, comparing Latinos like me to breakfast tacos. You've got two governors who are circling as if they're running for president, Gavin Newsom of California right. and J.B. Pritzker of Illinois. Yep. Both were in Florida in the past couple of weeks yep. and even had Newsom at the White House without the president there. Yeah. I think Trump's going to announce early seeing that Biden is definitely going to be a one-termer. Okay, uh, Phil Beverly, I'll let you respond to that. Uh, we've lost our guests. Well, then Judith will... Uh... <laughs> We're looking at this picture of Carmel, California, for about eight minutes now. So right. hopefully, hopefully that's indelibly etched in your brain. It is. But uh, hopefully, we'll see if your camera works. Go ahead. Um, I still don't think he's going to. I mean, he's going to do this on his own time, and question. when he thinks it's a good time to do it. But here's my question: Why? Why? Again, you have not watched any of the hearings. Isn't it difficult to win a campaign when you are on defense? He is going to be on defense in a primary. He's going to be on defense in a general election. And, and I'm, uh, you know. And Bruce, he, and he's he, been on defense from the minute he announced his presidency in, in 2015. And, but, They've been after him in ways that we have never seen anybody voters, go after and people. Voters, and voters, 
voters, if you believe the results, and I do believe the results, he lost the last election. He do, lost do the not, last do election. Do not acknowledge that? No, no, no. I, I acknowledge that he lost the last election. Okay, right. I also acknowledge that there was a lot of hanky-panky. And, and you know from my background that I am very familiar with how vote fraud works. However, um, he lost the last election, presumably, because of the COVID situation. He was going to win that election going away, all right? In your opinion. Abs- well, in almost everybody's I, opinion, all right? Not in my opinion. Mm, I don't, well, we'll get into that. No, not in my opinion, but go ahead. All right. But, but so the COVID thing came along. It created a tremendous amount of trouble. And, and I believe that if he did lose that election, which the results seem to indicate that he did, then it was because of that, all right? Okay, we won't so what ha- happens next? What happens what, next? What, what, about all the, what about the people? And again, the numbers are not large. And by the way, I, I will ask again, if there's anyone listening to this program who has watched any of the hearings, give me a call. Now, I've asked that right. question for about four weeks. I haven't received any calls well, from anybody. So my audience, I would think, probably fits into that large number of people right. who have so, been watching it. But that, that doesn't mean that I the did, story is going to go away. I don't know that the story is going to go away, but I have to tell you that I, I did watch at least a little hang on, bit. Hang on. Let me just explain to Fritz. I'm getting a call from Phil Beverly, uh, and you are figuring out what we're going to do, okay? Okay. All right, go ahead. Okay. I've watched highlights or lowlights, whatever you want to call them, I haven't seen, I saw a good part of uh, this woman, Cassidy Hutchinson. Yeah. Okay. She wouldn't stand up on cross-examination for five minutes, all right? So you are watching, you're watching what happens at a trial when one side is presenting their case. I understand. And they, well, not even what happens, because when you sit in a courtroom, the other side is there. They can cross-examine. Basically, I, I think that. Kevin McCarthy made a big mistake not to get some reasonable Republicans on this committee. I okay? agree. And, we agree and, on that. Okay. So, you know, you've got these Trump-hating lunatics, okay, who are sitting there throwing out all this stuff, all right? Cassidy Hutchinson's testimony is ridiculous. It was ludicrous. It was denied by the Secret Service within four hours of her giving it, and they... And they're pretending like it one never pre- happened. One, one, one incident. They question one incident. That's a pretty big incident. Well, okay, it is. <laughs> I mean, it and is. you know, one of the rules about trials, if, if you lie about something that's kind of important, you probably lied about all the rest of it, too. All right? I mean, so what she, she says, she saw the, she heard that the president yeah, grabbed the steering wheel to try to go to the Capitol. I mean, that's just nonsense. You know it's nonsense. Do you You've believe, seen what the car looks like. It's impossible. Do you believe, do you believe question to you, yep. do you believe that Donald Trump was told that there were people in the uh, audience where he was about to speak that had weapons? Absolutely not. You don't believe you don't believe that he said, let them in because they're not going to hurt me? Absolutely not. I mean, he's okay. not crazy i mean the people who make these accusations yeah i know some people believe he's crazy some people believe he's still a russian agent for god's sake you know i mean this stuff like i said before nobody has ever dealt 
with what this man dealt with from the moment he announced his I presidency. Agree. I agree. Okay. And, and in spite of that, he did some very good things for this country. He was really a very good president. He should have been reelected. And I believe, but for COVID, he would have been reelected with his miserable personality, with his thin skin, with his mean tweets, and everything else. But okay? he wasn't. But he but wasn't. He wasn't. And so right. my, my, my question to you, and basically, uh, uh, I, I don't mean to be making the case here, but there's nobody else. There's nobody else here, so make it. Uh, I guess we're, are we totally down? Fritz is sending me notes. Uh, can you send me a little note about what we're doing? Looks like it says, we're down. It, it says we're down, but we'll, I don't know whether that means that anybody is hearing what we're saying. or It says the uh, live video has ended. That's what I'm saying. The live video has ended. Okay. What was it that we said that the, uh, the powers that be shut us down? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the, stream, the stream is down. Just the stream is down. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Okay, well, anyway, we continue. So I, I'm just saying that the percentage of people that are watching these hearings, of which I think the number is small, I can't imagine many people watching the hearings coming away with a positive uh, attitude towards Donald Trump. I think yeah, it's but all I think negative. The they're and, watching. and the coverage, and by the way, the, the coverage, coverage is terrible. Is, the coverage is even worse. I, I get it. I think the people who are watching already have a negative attitude about Donald Trump. They're not, they're not becoming more negative about Donald Trump. Yeah. They're sitting there going, see, I told you. I told you, yeah. he's a terrible person. He's going to destroy our okay. democracy. And that's what they're doing. Okay. And quite frankly, I'm not interested in doing that. And if the other side were there, as there were in the impeachment hearings, I mean, they would knock this stuff down. It, it, I'm telling you, Cassidy Hutchinson, five minutes, a first-year law student could knock out her testimony. One of the people I teach in trial practice could have knocked out her testimony. Okay. I mean, it's it's just it's crazy. Mike Miller and uh, Phil Beverly, I believe, are back. Uh, not if you can hear us now, guys. You are both uh, nodding. Mike Miller, uh, I want to get to you. You mentioned that once upon a time you were not a Trump fan. You did not vote for him the first time around. You did the second time around, and you became a fan during his presidency. My question to you is, uh, how much damage, if any? Judith doesn't think there's any damage. How much damage has, have the hearings done to Donald Trump, his reputation, and the likelihood that people would vote for him in a Republican primary or a general election? I think it will have almost no effect on the people who would vote for um, uh, Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. I got to hear the very last part of Judy's thing, and this is what has been so upsetting to me. Uh, I, I, as I understand it, there has never been a hearing of the type that we're observing mm -hmm. where both sides, in a sense, could not present their ideas. Where they're, and, and the idea that we're somehow supposed to make a judgment about uh, the actions of Donald Trump by hearing only one side of the argument is a preposterous idea.
And I think the Democrats may actually be hurting themselves instead of helping themselves. And and, and Judy's comment, you know, I, I was convinced by, of all people, Alan Dershowitz, that cross-examination is the greatest tool ever invented by human beings Absolutely. to find the truth. Absolutely. And when you do not have cross-examination, when people have to stand by it in, on, you know, an oath before God, if you want to use that, to say this is the way it is. I have no, I have no faith in it, uh, Bruce. I, I don't believe a thing that get... that Adam Schiff tells me because he has all this evidence. Uh, I, if I can hear both sides, then I, you know, maybe Trump did something really wrong and then he shouldn't run for president. If he should be indicted, that's fine. But the man has to have a fair hearing with with due process, and this is the exact opposite of what that is. When we come back, Phil Beverly, uh, we've not heard from you for a while. I want to get your reaction to Mike's position and also whether or not you think that uh, Trump uh, can be treated fairly anywhere uh, between now and Election Day uh, later this year or actually in 2024. I'm Bruce Dumont back shortly from Chicago. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zinc and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. Why does Comcast Business power more businesses than any other provider? It has technology solutions that put you ahead, like the fastest reliable network and serious savings. Whether your small business is starting or growing, you need Comcast Business. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Ask about Comcast Business Internet and Security Edge, or find out how to get a $500 prepaid card with a qualifying gig bundle. Call or go online today to learn more. Prepaid card offer ends 828.22. Restrictions apply. Call for details. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. One in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. 
Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke enemy Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Here's to my back. Uh, this is Beyond the Beltway. Thanks very much for joining us. Judith Sherwin joins us in studio. Mike Miller from Bellingham, Washington, and Philip Beverly joins us from Burlington, Vermont. Uh, Phil, uh, you're the closest thing to a card-carrying Democrat we have this evening. Uh, your reaction to, to Mike's assessment of uh, uh, what what these hearings are all about and uh, whether or not uh, people are going to believe uh, Donald Trump at all on any issue. And your reaction well, to the hearings. a couple of things come up for me. The, the first thing that, that I would sort of want to have out there is that Republicans were given an opportunity to be on this committee. And I'm going to, I'm not going to include Kinzinger and, and Cheney because they're sort of outliers in their party right now. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the Democrats were trying to make this a, a bipartisan thing. And, you know, the Republican minority leader said he didn't want to participate and okay, that's fine. The second thing is this is a political event. And so this idea of, um, it needs to be jurisprudential a little bit, but maybe not so much. I think the idea of, of cross-examination and all parties going through discovery and, and all the legal stuff comes if there's indictments issued. And I think that's what, what Merrick Garland's Justice Department is taking a very careful look at, is is there evidence that would sustain a conviction in, in a court of law? in front of a jury or in front of a judge if the defendant so so chooses. And Merrick Garland is not going to rush into the political. That's just not who the guy is. And if you don't see any indictments come out of it, it's because he couldn't get a conviction. It Do doesn't you? mean that something wasn't wrong, just like the Mueller report said, hey, I got 10 instances of obstruction. Maybe you not do, maybe not. Said, that's not what it it's said. It's going to be determined in a court of law whether it was the crime or not. Uh, Judith, so Judith I, Sherwin has I a response it's, to... It's just a political thing. Okay. Let's, let's understand we're playing politics. Okay, so there's, what, all right, so there's, there's, there's two things to respond to that. Even congressional hearing of the most partisan political nature provide the other side of the argument. Even Joe McCarthy, whose name should go down in infamy, there were people who testified at his hearings that took the opposite point of view. That has always been the way the Congress has conducted the hearings. That's the way they conduct every other hearing. Now, do I think that Kevin McCarthy made a mistake? Yes, I think he made a mistake. However, to say, to say that... Nancy Pelosi wanted this to be a bipartisan uh, committee is nonsense, okay? She uh, decided that he couldn't have anybody that he appointed, everyone that he wanted to put on the committee, for some reason wasn't good enough for her, okay? So at that point, he said, well, too bad, 
not interested in your committee. We're going to let you do whatever you want to do. That was a mistake, okay? That was a tantrum. He shouldn't have done it. He should have found some people to put on that committee, and somebody would be defending the former president of the United States now in public, okay? But he didn't do that, so here we are. But those people, you know, they're star witnesses. It wouldn't last for five seconds under cross-examination. And it is exactly what Alan Dershowitz said. It is the greatest tool that has ever been invented for getting to the truth of an assertion. Absolutely. Okay. And, and that's why you do it when someone's life and fortune is on the line. And quite frankly, what's going on with this, this silly committee, okay, is, is, is too serious a situation or they're not to have been another yes. side presented. And I blame Kevin McCarthy for that. I want, to sw- I want to switch gears and talk about something else, because in addition to uh, what might be taking place in a Republican primary with Donald Trump uh, uh, jumping into the, uh, into the nomination race, uh, if he chooses to do that sooner than later, and the reports are that he may be doing it literally within the next couple of months, and then there will be all this big debate as to whether or not uh, he will be upstaging uh, candidates uh, for uh, the midterms uh, in the closing weeks of, of the November campaign. But the other thing that's going on is uh, you're seeing Democrats suggest that Joe Biden uh, isn't up for a second run. You see very uh, obviously aggressive political candidates, J.B. Pritzker, the governor of Illinois, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, certainly going well beyond just a, a flirtation uh, floating a rumor that they may be seeking uh, the Democratic nomination. And my question to you, Phil, because uh, you've been involved uh, you know, in Democratic primaries in the past, and you haven't always represented the person or supported the person who was the favorite. Um, my understanding and my memory says that you were, you were for Bill Richardson when he was running against uh, Barack Obama, that was certainly uh, uh, coming from Chicago, uh, uh, was certainly, a, you, were, you were an outlier there. But my question to you is, uh, how real should uh, the national media and, and politicians, how real should they think uh, Pritzker and uh, Gavin Newsom are? I, I think that's going to depend on how much money they can raise. Uh, I think well, them Pritzker, being out there and, Pritzker, and are you serious? recognition and, and, and all that is, is one thing. But how much money can you raise against a sitting president? Now, politics, I think, in the 21st century is very different than when I started learning about it in the 20th century. And so, for me, all bets are off about everything. It, it's against the conventional wisdom that Donald Trump would announce before a midterm election that he's running for president in you know two years, two and a half years from now. And conventional wisdom, it goes out the window. I, I think that you know the, the same is going to be on, on the Democratic side, that we can't expect conventional wisdom to, to be, be present there that, oh, yeah, you've got an incumbent president, and he's going to run for re-election, even though he's going to be 80 years old and all that. Who but, knows but, but, but part, part of that, I, but, I think these, Phil, these governors are, are doing their due diligence Phil, just in case anything, at least medical, happens. Part, part of the, uh, the, the equation that you're talking about, uh, you know, what, what's supposed to go, conventional wisdom. Part of that conventional wisdom 
is that the number two, the vice president, yeah. would automatically move and become the front runner uh, for the nomination. Right. Uh, my question to you is, and this, you're a Democrat, you're African-American. My question to you is, um, wouldn't it be uh, political suicide for progressives to basically kind of force Kamala Harris out of a position that she and, again, conventional wisdom would normally have, have her in? I mean, how big of a problem is it by pushing an African-American woman out of the way to get the Democratic nomination, and how devastating would it be to the party, and and how disruptive would it be to one of the most loyal groups within the Democratic Party? I, I think it's it, it's going to come down to the question of who can win, and there can be all kinds of hurt feelings later. Um, and those feelings will be more hurt if you lose and you were sort of doing something on principle. Well, we fought the good fight. People don't want to do that anymore, especially Democrats. Democrats want to win. And it's it's frustrating being in a party that has a, a, a Joe Manchin, for example, who want to just go over and say, oh, I'm really a Republican. Just be done with it and, and give the, the party back over to or give the Senate back over to the Republicans. But to, to play this game like, oh, yeah, we're, we're all, you know, principled. No, there's only one principle in politics. You need to win. Okay, on the subject, uh, just a second, Judy, on the subject of winning, okay, and again, you're the only Democrat that's uh, on the program this evening. Insofar as winning, again, and again, we don't know whether Donald Trump is the candidate, might likely be the candidate, but it could be somebody else. Do you believe that J.B. Pritzker or Gavin Newsom would be stronger candidates than Kamala Harris running against a Republican after they successfully went through a Democratic primary, either with or without Joe Biden in that primary? And pushed her aside. And pushed her aside. Would they, uh, would they be stronger candidates? Yeah, I, I think that the, the, the governors have the natural, again, conventional wisdom, governor's advantage of being executives and all that. And I got to tell you, it just, it, it doesn't feel like there's as tight a partnership between the vice president and the president in terms of, of winning if, if he were to not sort of be the nominee. Um, and, and I think it, it really, my, my view is it really depends on, on how well a primary a candidate runs. That's why I have some concerns about the vice president. That she dropped out of that race mm, tells me something. It, it, it says something wasn't quite right there, okay. right? And Mike, I, I look okay. at like Barack Obama's campaign in 08. I was a little concerned. Okay, can this guy really be president? He's young. He hasn't had you know national stature, all that. But if you look at his primary campaign and then his general election campaign, a lot of my fears were were alleviated in terms of the running. Now, my friends on the other side, obviously, we're never going to agree on the policy stuff. So let's not have that conversation because we're not going to agree. All right, I want to. In terms of running the White House, he didn't have scandals like 
Bill Clinton did. Bill Clinton had okay. way too much in terms of scandal. Okay, Phil, right? I don't, I, uh, I, I, I don't, want, I, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back to Barack Obama, please. I don't want, I don't want to go back to Barack Obama either because he's in the rearview mirror. When Please we come God. back, there's there's not enough time to let Judith and Mike Miller weigh in. And when we come back, I'm going to let Mike Miller weigh in first, then Judith on what you've said. And the question is, Governor Pritzker in Illinois, Gavin Newsom in California, would they be stronger candidates for the Democrats as opposed to Joe Biden? Back shortly. Why does Comcast Business power more businesses than any other provider? It has technology solutions that put you ahead, like the fastest reliable network and serious savings. Whether your small business is starting or growing, you need Comcast Business. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Ask about Comcast Business Internet and Security Edge, or find out how to get a $500 prepaid card with a qualifying gig bundle. Call or go online today to learn more. Prepaid card offer ends 8-28-22. Restrictions apply. Call for details. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike's sub gets its exquisite zing and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike's subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike's sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above. 145 over 92. 180 over 111. 182 over 100. And I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest and then a stroke. Your blood pressure numbers could change your life. A lot of people don't understand, including myself, I didn't, now I do, uh, the impact of having a stroke. My memory is shot. When I woke up, I couldn't speak. Lowering your high blood pressure could save you from a heart attack or stroke. If you've stopped your treatment plan, restart it, or talk to your doctor about creating one that works better for you. Start taking the right steps at manageyourbp.org. It's a new life, but I'm going to make it better. I'm coming back. Ask your doctor. Check your blood pressure. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. It's a bully, but we aren't afraid of a fight. It's elusive, but our focus never fades. It's deadly, but we were born to defeat cancer. You may not have heard of us, but our work has helped millions impacted by cancer. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. We are leaders in advancing breakthroughs in immunotherapy, genomics, and personalized medicine. This research saves lives. After 65 years of fighting blood cancers, we've arrived at a game-changing belief. The cures for cancer are in our blood. The drugs and treatments we've developed for blood cancers have helped people affected by many different types of cancers. We are the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Beating cancer is in our blood. Learn more at LLS.org.
Bruce Dumont back and uh, Mike Miller. We're going to let you tackle the uh, the question of uh, the Democratic primary. If uh, the governor of Illinois, J.B. Pritzker, or Governor Newsom in California, if they were to run uh, in a primary against Joe Biden, would they be stronger candidates? And if so, who would be the strongest candidate, in your opinion? I tell you, I think they're both uh, failed governors. If you look at Illinois, it's broke. He's not made it any better. Newsom, same thing. Um, I have a slightly different take, though. I do not believe that Joe Biden will be president two years from now. I believe that Kamala Harris will be uh, president, that uh, Joe will have to step down because I think he, he people on the left are beginning to recognize that he is declining and declining quickly and that he can no longer be president. I think that will be decided sometime maybe after the midterm elections. And therefore, that completely changes. I can't believe for a second that J.B. or, or Newsom or anyone will purposely run against Kamala Harris. They will, they will defer to the president, and it will be her against whoever the uh, Republicans uh, bring forward. Judith Sherwin, you've been uh, chomping at the bit for about 10 yeah, minutes now. Uh, you know, Mike stole a little bit of my thunder. Um, I I agree. I think uh, either the 25th Amendment is going to be invoked, but more likely Joe is just going to resign for health reasons. It's going to happen after the midterms, I believe. Uh, and there is there is no way uh, that I can see that either one of these two would run against her, okay? You know, Pritzker, first of all, all that stuff that he got away with in Illinois from some very bad racial comments that were attributed to him, that's all going to come up again. I can't imagine how he's going to be able to push Kamala Harris aside. And and I don't think, you know, Newsom's young, okay? I think he's younger than, than Pritzker. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean... But for if, if Kamala Harris were to say, okay, um, you could push me aside, which clearly she does not wish to be pushed aside, um, I don't think there's any way that Pritzker could beat Newsom. Just look at them. I mean, we are very visual. People are on television all the time. Newsom would, would definitely be the preferred candidate now, for the Democratic Party, failed governor or not, okay? But not with Kamala Harris. Do you believe, do you believe, and again, we should mention you're Jewish. Yes. Could J.B. Pritzker be the first elected Jewish president? No. Because? Because he is Jewish? No, because because he's a little overweight? (laughs) Or both? He is not, like I said, you you put him, a picture of him next to a picture of Gavin Newsom. Mm -hmm. I, I think he's not attractive enough okay um i think that the united states the vestiges of anti-semitism are still very strong they're underground but even in the democratic party look look at the things we hear about israel look at look at the 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 last convention where where people were looking to you know push aside any kind of resolution about supporting israel there is anti-Semitism on the college campuses. There's still anti-Semitism in the world. I do not see how Governor Pritzker could overcome that. And, I mean, 
they're just not going to want to. Phil Beverly, do you agree for with a that? person like that? Do you agree with that, Phil? I wish it weren't true. By the way, Phil, that's what I, I think that there's, I, I, I think that there is anti-Semitism present. Um, I'm not so sure about the the aesthetic that we're looking for. I mean, Donald Trump got elected. Let's let's be be clear. There are a lot of people who happen to think. Yeah, no, there are a lot of people who think he's a handsome man. So you may not. Would we have said the same thing when Kennedy was running? Yeah, we would. Yes. Yes. He could never be president because you know he's Catholic and and all all of those questions. I don't know. Again. The conventional wisdom that that I think we've relied on for so long, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm one of those people who's willing to say, I don't know. David David Brooks, uh, writing in the New York Times, has said that uh, what America needs is a modern-day Teddy Roosevelt. He sort of dismisses uh, the, the roster of people that may be out there ready to run. He says the, uh, the electorate is very anxious and they want something new. Who would it be, a man or a woman? But he needs, he says, we need someone for the moment. And again, he's written a couple of uh, uh, columns on it. Uh, Mike Miller, do you agree with that? And uh, he also suggested that uh, maybe it is a Ross Perot type, someone that comes from the outside and, and literally comes in like, uh, like, a, like a savior on a white horse. Uh, do you see anyone like that on the horizon? No, I, I'm not sure another outsider. I mean, uh, Donald Trump was the ultimate outsider. I mean, mm-hmm. never held an office and so forth. I'm a fan of Dan Crenshaw, but I don't think he's going to run. No. Um, no. So, and he would, to me, would be a, a, a complete surprise that, would, that he would come forward and, and try to run I mean, for he's president. He's not really an outsider. But I still think it's going to be Kamala Harris, and then I would love to see Ron DeSantis be uh, the Democrat, uh, the Republican strong man. And in terms of, of I'm a strong candidate and I can uh, I can beat anybody. Can Joe Biden get reelected? Like, I, um, you know, I, I like Joe Biden. I my yes heart aches no? the fact that he's he's yeah. declining the way he is. Okay. I think America would be not well served at all if we would Bill somehow reelect yes a no? man who is clearly Bill, okay, a, a thanks, being Mike. affected. Phil Beverly, yes or no? Can he get reelected? Can he? Yeah, yeah he can. Should he? Probably not. Okay, Judith, you're shaking your head. Yeah, I mean, I think if we go back to election law the way it's supposed to be, no, I don't think he's going to be reelected. Period. Okay. On that note, I want to thank Judith Sherwin. She is a conservative Republican attorney uh, in the Chicagoland area. She joins us in studio tonight. Thanks for coming out to beautiful Elk Grove Village, taking the, taking the car, giving it a spin on a Sunday. Bill Beverly, thank you very much. It's been too long since you've been on this program. He joins us from Burlington, Vermont, where he is spending the summer. He is with the University of Illinois. And Mike Miller at the base of Mount Baker in Washington in Bellingham. Uh, he is an economist for DePaul University. He joins us tonight as well. Our thanks to Fritz Goldman for his assistance in the production of this program. I'm Bruce Dumont. Good night from Elk Grove Village, Illinois. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. 
Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces, just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Going back to school as a working adult doesn't mean you have to sacrifice a high-quality education. Purdue University, a top 10 public university, took its innovative thinking to a new level when it created Purdue University Global for working adults. Discover innovative, practical ways to earn your degree online and advance your career. Purdue Global has already awarded more than 1 million credits for prior learning, which means you can save nearly half the cost of your bachelor's. See how close you are to finishing your degree at purdueglobal.edu. That's purdueglobal.edu. Why does Comcast Business power more businesses than any other provider? It has technology solutions that put you ahead, like the fastest reliable network and serious savings. Whether your small business is starting or growing, you need Comcast Business. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Ask about Comcast Business Internet and Security Edge, or... Find out how to get a $500 prepaid card with a qualifying gig bundle. Call or go online today to learn more. Prepaid card offer ends 8-28-22. Restrictions apply. Call for details. What if the music stopped? If the familiar voices were silenced? If there were no breaking news updates? What if your companion and connection to your community came with a monthly fee? Don't worry. We're free local radio with you wherever you go. Celebrating 100 years and looking forward to the next 100. We are broadcasters. Text radio to 52886 and let Congress know you depend on your local TV and radio stations. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Oh, goodbye, bench press. Adios, squat rack. Fare thee well, kettlebell. Hey, Kellen, need a spot? No, Jake from State Farm. I'm just saying goodbye to my pricey gym membership. What? Don't give up what you love. State Farm has options like insuring your home and ride with great rates on both. Nice. Hey, can I buy you a protein shake or a granola bar? Or... For surprisingly great rates, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. At Jersey Mike's, you can elevate any sub by getting the juice. Red wine vinegar and an olive oil blend. It's how a Jersey Mike sub gets its exquisite zinc and how bites get boosted. The juice adds a certain something extra, an exclamation on top of the freshly sliced meats and toppings, the kind of exclamation you can eat. Order Jersey Mike subs on our mobile app and get delivery right to your home or pick up from your nearest Jersey Mike sub location. Jersey Mike's, be a sub above.